I have the distinct honor of introducing Dr. Eben Alexander. Um, he was an academic, a, a neurosurgeon for more than 25 years, and he um, then became a writer. Um, he's the author of the number one bestseller, uh, Proof of Heaven, and he is going to be speaking today on finding heaven in hardship. Please welcome Dr. Alexander. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Neil. It's great to be here. What I'd like to do now is kind of bring things together a bit um, in terms of not only my spiritual experience, uh, of course, uh, proof of heaven it was my kind of public uh, declaration of that, but also share a lot of kind of the journey since then, the 12 years um, and my collaboration with many scientists around the world uh, in trying to understand all this. And it really is all about consciousness. Now, it turns out that we're living in a very, very challenging time. I mean, the COVID pandemic uh, is the most kind of globally threatening health uh, issue we've had in more than a century on, on this planet. Um, and of course, the economic cataclysm uh, that was related to that in terms of shutting down of the economy uh, has led to uh, the kind of, uh, kind of devastation of our economic systems that we really haven't seen in almost post a century, going back to the Great Depression. Uh, and then, of course, on top of that, we have all the recent action, uh, certainly in the United States, about uh, uh, George Floyd and uh, uh, police, uh, police uh, action uh, and how we need to clean up our, uh, our law enforcement and things like that. But all of it is a tremendous challenge. And people, I believe, in this uh, day and age are uh, really stressed to the max in terms of trying to realize why in the world is this happening? How does it relate to my uh, journey as a soul? Uh, you know, what can I do to help? And uh, how can I survive this and, in fact, thrive in it? And what I'd like to do is make the case that the hardships, uh, in many ways, are gifts. And that I believe that uh, these current challenges to our society will actually end up making us far better, stronger, more connected, uh, it, you know, it's often not easy to see when you're in the midst of a hardship, how it, it might benefit you. And yet I believe uh, one thing that I gained from my near-death experience due to meningitis uh, back in 2008 was a tremendous uh, kind of seeing of hope and optimism. And in fact, it turns out that the entire reason that I started talking about my experience uh, is directly related to uh, families who have lost children. That was the original impetus, and it was because people in my community in Lynchburg, Virginia, who had lost children, friends of ours, realized that in talking to me about my experience and hearing more about it, that it was very helpful to them at realizing how the modern scientific world uh, is absolutely uh, uh, coming down in full support of much of the spiritual reality that has been discussed today. And also that involves the power uh, of individual souls to have an influence on their lives, an influence for the better. Uh, in Proof of Heaven, I told the story of my meningitis. Uh, it was a severe case of gram-negative bacterial meningitis. And uh, for many people, it's been beneficial that there was recently a case report about my illness uh, that uh, takes us far beyond the picture I portrayed in Proof of Heaven to really uh, expanding on this severity of my illness, how I should have had no experience whatsoever, and yet I, I had one of the most robust, ultra-real, beautiful 
memorable and life-changing experiences that I've ever had. In fact, it was uh, the, the all-time winner for me. Uh, and it's really in coming back from that journey um, and my 12 years of experience since then that has involved a lot of work with the scientific community uh, to help get to the core of all of this and a deeper understanding of it. Uh, and what comes from all that uh, is a tremendous uh, lesson for all of us about eternity of soul, about our interconnectedness, about the power of love. Um, now that case report is accessible to anybody who, who wants to look at it uh, at uvadops.org. Uh, that's the U University of Virginia Division of Perceptual Studies.org. And I can highly recommend their website uh, as a profound scientific source of, of the reality of non-local consciousness um, and uh, kind of the reality of the soul when you get right down to it. Uh, and uh, in many ways, I think that uh, uh, this kind of lesson can, can help all of us. And that's bereaved parents at the very uh, start of my journey, uh, but so much else that uh, is important to all of us in understanding this notion of soul uh, and that we're more than our, our physical bodies. I think to me, that was one of the most astonishing lessons of my journey. And it's something that was very scientifically supported in that case report uh, and in my writings about it, uh, not just the book Proof of Heaven uh, and the Map of Heaven, but our most recent book. This was written with my uh, partner, uh, Karen Newell, a co-founder of Sacred Acoustics, uh, Living in a Mindful Universe. And this is really uh, goes beyond kind of the question mark that I would say Proof of Heaven is. Proof of Heaven is simply another profound near-death experience. And there are tens of thousands of those experiences available to us all out on the internet, in the literature. They've been scientifically studied. They have tremendous similarities. Uh, they really show us something very uh, deep about the human soul and about our existence. And it's really that scientific truth that I'm trying to get out to this world because we've had 5,000 years for the model or more uh, for the model of various seekers and mystics and prophets to have profound experiences showing them uh, the much bigger universe than the little uh, physical universe that so many of us think is all there is. Uh, and in fact, you need that bigger universe to begin to explain uh, something as uh, profound as consciousness. Uh, and that is where I think near-death experiences are the tip of the spear uh, but they're very important because as much as near-death experiences in and of themselves will never take us to this deeper understanding of consciousness, you really have to study all manner of consciousness. That's, that's why living in a mindful universe is such an ambitious effort to bring all of this together uh, because uh, it involves studying not just, uh, for example, my own personal experience, and again, there are many similar experiences out there, and I, I love that literature. Not only that, but I get the great gift as having gone public with my story back in, uh, with Proof of Heaven in the year 2012, is I then have given talks to more than 140,000 people around the world. And that is the, the rich part for me because those people come back and share their stories. And often I have somebody come up to me and say, I've never told anybody this before, but... And then they share with me a profound experience they had. In many cases, it might be a near-death experience or a deathbed uh, communication that they witnessed when a loved one was leaving the world. Uh, it might be an after-death communication. But then it goes far beyond these uh, spiritual journeys uh, when you start realizing the evidence for non-local consciousness. That is, uh, things like telepathy. 
you read Guy Lyon Playfair's book on twin telepathy, you'll never come down uh, doubting the reality of telepathy. Uh, precognition, the fact that we can know the future before it occurs, the work of Daryl Bim, this is all really uh, strange and astonishing wor work that, that pretty much takes our materialist model, which is kind of what the scientific community conventionally has offered us to explain things, and realize it, it doesn't explain this world we live in. And so it's, it's a much bigger world that involves not only looking at all these experiences that I've just been through uh, and the evidence for non-local consciousness, but it goes beyond that uh, even um, to uh, say the whole world of transpersonal psychology, thanks to the work of Stan Groff, Michael Newton, uh, Brian Weiss, and others, where we start to realize that to make sense of our lifetime, we have to realize that our souls are kind of bigger than what we experience uh, here in this world. And uh, I love how um, Michael Singer puts it in his book, The Untethered Soul. He calls that little running stream of consciousness, that uh, stream of thoughts in my head, the annoying roommate. So many of us are used to identifying with that running stream of thoughts, a little voice in our head, a voice of our ego as our consciousness. But what I would remind you is your consciousness, at least from a scientific viewpoint, is much grander than that. And the science is about the awareness of existence. That part is a very deep and profound mystery. The running stream of thoughts in the head is a little more than a parlor trick. It involves about that much of brain in Wernicke's area in the uh, linguistic center where we put everything together. But that's where meditation and centering prayer can offer such incredible gifts because the scientific model that is emerging uh, from all of this uh, is one, and that include when I say all of this, I mean not only uh, all the information I've discussed so far, but for example, other evidence that the brain is not the producer of consciousness and in clinical neuroscience, that would include things like terminal lucidity, where people who uh, have uh, advanced dementia, this happens in about five to 10% of Alzheimer's patients, where as they approach death, um, and especially in diagnoses where say their brain has been half replaced with metastatic cancer and they've been deep in coma for weeks or months without uttering a meaningful phrase, the interesting thing is many times terminal lucidity occurs and that's where people kind of wake up and, and inexplicable by modern neuroscience trying to pretend the brain creates consciousness, their soul then guides them through this beautiful interaction with loved ones at the bedside or potentially their soul can go a thousand miles to a loved one who is not physically present. Because this kind of connection of mind is not something that is limited in space and time. Uh, and uh, that is why things like remote viewing, that's another scientifically studied aspect of non-local consciousness. Um, but the science of all this is leading us into profound territory, and that also includes quantum physics. And I'm not going to get into the the profound details of why quantum physics is important. But in fact, the deep mystery surrounding quantum physics is one of the absolute keys to the primacy of consciousness. And that is where the modern scientific discussion is taking us today. And this is good news for all of us because that conventional uh, kind of materialist science model of birth to death and nothing more, the brain creates consciousness out of physical matter, there's nothing more to this universe. Luckily, that is not a complete story. And to explain all of this, including the findings of quantum physics, terminal lucidity, 
Uh, other things like uh, acquired savant syndromes where brain damage seems to uncover some superhuman mental capacity, say for calculation or memory or intuition. Uh, I mean, these are all examples of mind writ large. And the good news is you don't have to wait for the scientific community to come into it. The only reason I mention it is because some people believe that uh, in many ways, this kind of culture war about consciousness and our understanding of the soul and the fact that we all are spiritual beings in a spiritual universe, that profound kind of recoil that you often find in materialist scientists uh, who still, still subscribe to the uh, kind of teachings that I worship before my coma, um, you start to realize that there is a far grander universe out there. And it's one that involves love and connection, just as all near-death experiencers come back to this world with their life changed because they have bathed in that ocean of beautiful love, of an infinitely loving God force. And again, this is something that transcends any one religious system, because one thing I realized when I came back from my coma is that that God, that deity, that infinitely loving force that I tried to describe in the Book Proof of Heaven, whether you call that God or Allah, Vishnu, Jehovah, Yahweh, Brahman, Great Spirit, I don't care what you call it. The name does not matter. The deep reality, though, underlying all of the great faiths is of a force that involves love, kindness, compassion, uh, mercy, acceptance, gratitude, forgiveness. These are all the profound qualities of that extraordinary guiding force at the core of the universe. And not only that, but it is never separate from us. The emerging model that understands that consciousness is primordial in the universe also realizes we are all interconnected through that. And of course, to this, to, this is no news to near-death experiences who have felt that love, felt that connectedness. And in fact, one of the beautiful hallmarks of the near-death experience that's been reported for more than 2,400 years, so this is not some new age concept, but it's, it's the life review, your life flashing before your eyes. Uh, and this is something that is uh, present in more than 50% uh, in most, uh, 25 to 50% in recorded series of NDEs. But again, like I said minutes ago, uh, extends back even 2,400 years to the writings of Plato, where he talked about Armenian soldier Ur, killed in battle, dead on the battlefield for days. And when his body was finally put up on the funeral pyre, um, he came back to life to the surprise of his fellow soldiers. And he had a story to share with them. And it was basically when you die, you will go through a review of your life where the most important features that still offer residual lessons will be presented to you. Interesting to note that of the so many people who report these, these uh, life reviews, that generally they're reported as experienced from the emotional truth of those influenced by our thoughts and actions. They're not influenced by the departing soul itself so much as uh, the emotional power of impact uh, that that soul had on others around them. That's why the life review is a beautiful example of how to modify our lives. And if you've been busy handing out pain and suffering to others, the life review may not be such a pleasant experience because you have to be on the business in that. In many ways, the life review uh, is a way of saying that the golden rule treat others as you would like to be treated. 
is written into the very fabric of this universe. In fact, the golden rule is presented in every major belief system on earth, uh, showing this oneness of mind, this connectedness of our souls, that we're spiritual beings sharing. Uh, I like to often say that that one mind, that God force, in many ways is like a giant diamond. And we are all just facets on the surface of that diamond. Uh, but the reason this is important in the here and now is through centering prayer, through uh, deep meditation, and for those who need a tool to help them quiet that uh, annoying roommate, that voice in the head, uh, I would offer sacred acoustics. Go to sacredacoustics.com to learn more. Uh, that is the website of my partner and co-author of the book, Living in a Mindful Universe. But it's a way of silencing that voice in the head and exploring your relationship with that primordial mind. Uh, and the scientific model that is emerging here, uh, given that we're, we're now agreed that the physical brain cannot uh, create consciousness out of physical matter alone, uh, but in fact the model is one where the brain serves as a filter uh, so that we, we see consciousness, that God force of consciousness that so many near-death experiencers have had contact with, and others have too. I'm, I'm, I want to point out, you don't have to have a near-death experience to come to this deep knowing. In fact, I'm convinced that every conscious sentient being on earth easily has the power to come to a much deeper understanding by developing this relationship with that primordial mind, with that God force of pure love. In fact, when we die, when we leave our physical brain and body, we come to realize that the, the, the brain is more of a prison. And so we're liberated from the shackles of that prison when we leave this world. And that really is the story that near-death experiencers have been telling all the way back to time immemorial, uh, is uh, the freedom of reuniting with higher soul, with uh, souls of departed loved ones, uh, going through that life review in their presence, especially basking in the beautiful, loving, heavenly light uh, of, of that realm. But the reason it's important is because that is not where we get our soul work done. That is not where we grow as souls. Where we grow is here in this very imperfect kind of murky material realm where we're uh, temporarily dumbed down to the knowledge of our higher souls. I'm convinced our souls are chomping at the bit to get into these bodies to come here knowing uh, that uh, they'll be temporarily uh, have to forget uh, some of that deepest knowledge of between lives and of, of that uh, uh, profound spiritual realm, but also that we have skin in the game. It's the emotional buy-in. And I've come to realize through my journey, especially, uh, that things like hardness, uh, like uh, hardship, um, illness, um, and injury, in many ways, these are the stepping stones. These are the mileposts that can measure our growth. Uh, in addiction and alcoholism work, uh, it's very well described, this uh, notion of, of hitting a bottom, of, of having things get so bad because of your addiction or your alcoholism. And addiction goes far beyond just drugs and substances. It can include uh, exercise, uh, addiction to work, addiction to sex or love. These are all things that can... Uh, kind of take over our lives. Uh, and the more we come to realize that we're a grander being than that and connecting with that higher soul and coming to see that love and recover that sense of love uh, that the universe, that that God force has for us, 
and come to realize that as our modern science really supports the notion that we're sharing that one mind, that we're all uh, in this together through our mental experience, um, that's where we can really uh, take this and run with it. I know uh, in alcoholism and addiction work, you often encounter this notion of the 12-step program, and a, a cornerstone of that is to turn it over to a higher power. Well, it turns out that uh, all of us have that higher power as something we have access to. Uh, we have access to it by going within. But it's what we discover there in this beautiful opening of mind by letting go of that ego mind. And we can do that in meditation and in centering prayer. Uh, we can let that little ego, uh, you know, it's basically like an impish teen, teenager, and it needs to go into timeout. And that's when we, where we can start to develop that much richer role uh, of our higher soul and connect with that primordial mind uh, by thinning the veil. And we can do that in meditation and centering prayer. But ultimately, we are to bring those deep and profound lessons and notions of connectivity and connection with others and with that primordial causative force of pure love at the core of the universe. We are to bring that into action. And that's why uh, the challenges we find today, uh, the COVID pandemic, the economic cataclysm is a clarion call to all of us to start recovering that beautiful sense of connection with that God force at the core of the universe to realize that we can trust in this universe, that we will be taken care of, that we have nothing to fear. That was the most central and beautiful lesson of Proof of Heaven. That's uh, what I brought back, as those who've read that book will realize, I received that message deep in my journey at a time when my brain was far too disabled to allow any kind of conscious awareness, but that's why the experience was so ultra real, something I will remember in great detail to my final days living on this planet. Uh, but all of that uh, is a beautiful lesson we can share about our being spiritual beings in a spiritual universe with tremendous purpose. Uh, and that purpose has to do with sharing that love. First of all, recovering that love that the universe has for us, that this God force is our birthright uh, as spiritual beings in this universe. And that we can come to see that many of these hardships are beautiful gifts that allow us to grow, to strengthen. But remember, none of us ever does it alone. This is all about relationships and connection. And that's a connection that goes far beyond the death of a physical body. Uh, in many ways, I've come to see how souls of, of departed loved ones that I know, and this includes uh, many acquaintances I've had of, of, of spiritual teachers in this life who have left the physical plane in many ways contribute even more from that other side. And the more every one of us can come to awaken to this, come to harvest our relationships with loved ones who have left the physical plane, open our minds to the reality of those ongoing connections, we can start to harvest those lessons, bring them back to this world. And remember, our soul has no sex, our soul has no uh, skin color, our soul is equal to all other souls, and we're truly all in this together. The best way to manifest that love for yourself and that connection with the universe with a profound meaning and purpose is to share that love and serve as a conduit in loving and caring for others. Um, and so with that, what I would like to do is wish you all uh, my very best, uh, 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 my hopes for your uh, growth and strengthening through the hardships presented through the current challenges 
uh, of the COVID pandemic and the economic cataclysm, but never forget that you are deeply loved and cherished forever. You will be taken care of. You have nothing to fear. Thank you so much. I've learned that it helped me to help others, to know I'm not the only one, put one foot in front of the other, find a life. Adding hope to the darkness, you start on the trip to recovery. Reach deep down inside and say, I am going to live on. We laugh, we cry, and remember. Hope without action doesn't work. Hope with action can change the world. We always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours.